Chapter Six of Uncle Remus Returns by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Chenevere. The most beautiful bird in the world. Uncle Remus and the little boy were returning from a long and leisurely walk in the woods. They had had a pretty good time, all things considered, and the old man was in high good humor. The little boy had an idea that the walk had been undertaken solely for his pleasure, and Uncle Remus allowed him to think so, but the truth was that it had a purpose behind it. The old negro wanted to locate some wild hogs that had long been devastating the growing stuff on the plantation. The wild hogs gave him no trouble until they began to destroy stuff that he himself had planted, watermelons and sugar-cane and he argued from this that they were growing bolder, and that they would have to be captured. So on this particular day he had set out to find where they had their headquarters, and he was successful. The next thing would be to take the dogs and capture them one by one, taking care not to disturb the hogs that came up to be fed every evening when the hog-feeder began to call. The two companions, the old man and the little lad, had started out immediately after dinner, and dusk was falling when they returned. But neither one was weary. They had gone leisurely along, stopping occasionally to talk about the interesting things they saw, and resuming their walk whenever Uncle Remus thought the child had rested long enough. The squirrels ran noisily over the leaves that winter had flung on the ground, and went home by jumping from tree to tree. Birds that the city-raised child had never seen before flitted in the bushes or went hopping or running on the ground. The little boy was interested in all of them, but the Joree seemed especially to attract his attention, and he was for stopping whenever he heard a scratching in the dead leaves and trash. The Joree is a very lonely bird, and you would judge that it was mortally afraid of man but it is not so shy as its habits would lead you to believe. It is not for flying away every time it hears a noise, but will continue scratching for its food in the fence corners and under the bushes until the observer ventures too close, and then, with a cheery little trill, it will fly away. In its coat of black and brown and white it is a very pretty bird. Its markings are peculiar, but nature has laid them on so that they harmonize effectively with its surroundings in wood and swamp. The enthusiasm of the little boy was such that Uncle Remus felt obliged to clip its wings. This he endeavored to do not by arguing or disputing, but in a way quite characteristic. The little boy had said over and over again that the Joree, with its comical hop back and forth as it stirred up the leaves and trash, and its peculiar coloring, was the funniest as well as the most beautiful bird he had ever seen. "'Dat be in de case,' remarked Uncle Remus with a judicial air. "'You ain't never seen de Baltimore bird.' "'Oh, yes,' said the child. Don't you know you showed me the hanging nest and told me it was the Baltimore bird? Grandmother said it is the Oriole. She do, do she? Well, if she says so, I expect it's so. But you ain't gwine to catch me twisting my tongue round for to talk that kind of outlandish talk, not me. And I know this, that if anybody don't want to call that bird the Baltimore bird, they don't hatter. I've been calling it that a mighty long time, and you take one year with another, 
and if it's yever fotched a bird any bad luck i ain't never year tell on it i ain't gwine to spute with you honey but the jory in his place and where he belong at dey ain't no better nor no puttier bird but when it comes to sayin dat he's de puttiest to all de birds why dat's de way de lawyers talk when dey are jowlin' in de courthouse when it comes to de puttiest bird of all de birds she done gone away too long ago to talk about and nobody can't find her she want the puttiest bird just cause summon says so not her no sir she was putter cause all the other birds says so they done sighted they done greed to it and you can't rub it out they ain't want to says so but they bleeze to do it they want no getting round it one bird ain't like the idea saying that any other bird is prettier than what she is but they bleeze to do it atter they seen what they seed i ain't never seed this pretty bird myself the old man went on and the next man you ax will tell you the same but i done hear tell em if he was him time and again i hear folks tell the tale some one way and some another but it all come to the same thing in the end dar was the tale but what about the bird the little boy asked shucks honey ain't i dust a tellin yo dat twasn't dust a plain bird you can say dat about all of em but dissin which she was the puttiest bird on the face of the earth i'm kind of rattled about the entitlements of this bird cause it seemed like dat dem what fust gun to tell the tale kind of got the name mixed up with their own foolishness some call him the cooglee bird some call him the cow cow bird and some call him the cuckoo bird some say twas a lady bird and then again some say twas a german bird by good rights she oughta been a lady bird from the fuss she kicked up and i bound she was it's just like i tell you about the name yet call her what you please and when you please she ain't gwine to come for y'all callin she'd a come long ago if callin would a fotcher cause from that time to this some of the other birds been hollin and callin her they been callin her since the day dat all the birds had the assemblement just like the white folks and niggers too for dat matter when they wanna up and out a man what ain't been doin nothin in the round world but gettin pay for sittin round doin nothin don't you mean a convention uncle remus inquired the lad papa's gone to atlanta to attend a convention dat exactly what i mean honey exceptin dat yo daddy ought to be right here now with his ma but dat's neither here nor dar as de man says about the flea what he ain't cotch way back yonder when de clouds was thicker than what they is now and when de sun ain't had to go to bed at night to keep from bein tarred the next day de time come when de creeters fur and feather ain't had much to do most specially the birds they flewed round they did and fed together without fightin and made the houses in the trees and on the ground and they was all dust as sociable as you please but at a while they ain't had much to do and when that time come they got to wranglin and sputin just like folks does now one'd sail up and say howdy and the other'd fuse to spawn and there they had it while the gentlemen birds was gwine on this way the lady birds was just as busy they sputed about their feathers and about their looks 
twill it seemed like they was gwine to be show enough war, cause the most of em had bills and claws. At a while they find that this kind of doings ain't gwine to pay, and so they bowed to one another mighty polite, and make out they gwine on about their business. Well, they played like they was mighty busy, but they soon got tired of this, and they say to themselves that they'd die if they didn't run around and have a chat with the neighbors. And here they went, axin the news and tellin' that what ain't news. One say she hear that Miss Redbird up and loud that she the prettiest of all the birds, and dar they had it, squallin', chatterin', and squealin'. The word went round, and when it come back to war it started, it ain't look like to self. Twas Miss Bluebird, twas Miss Jaybird, twas Miss Dat and Miss Tother. It seemed like that every one of em think that she the prettiest. Well, sir, dispute got so hot that they had to be something done. There wa'n't no two ways about that. Miss Wren and Miss Bluebird and Miss Robin put their heads together and asked how they gwine to stop dispute. Now one of em pinned on their good looks, but their havishness was a the best, and they wanted to stop the jowrin. They study and they study, they talk and they talk, but they ain't hit on nothing. Little Miss Wren was the spryest, and she had a slice of temper with salt and pepper on it. They talked so fast, and they talked so long, that she was scared she might get sort of sassy. And she up and say, Ladies, let me make a move and motion. Let's procrastinate this session of our confab, cause some of us might say something that the others won't like. The sun getting mighty low anyhow. Let's put off our colloquin twelve tomorrow. We'll go home and ask our old men what they think and they'll tell us what they kin. You know how men folks does. They knows everything, exceptin' that they does know and that they done forgot. They'll tell us, and when we go to bed we can dream on it. Miss Bluebird and Miss Robin loud that dis the smartest thing they ever is heard, and they agree to what little Miss Wren say. They put on their things and marched off home for to feed the chillin and put em to bed. Bright and yearly the next morning, they met at the same place, and after they got over the giggling and the howdy-doing, they start up the confab where they left off. Miss Robin say she can't think of a blessed thing. She say that when she asked her old man about it, he up and loud that she better join him in hunting bugs for the children for the play with, instead of gadding from post to pillar. And the others raise their wings and say, Well, well and who'd a thunk it? Miss Bluebird loud that when she asked her old man about it, he say she better stay at home stead of gwine round spreadin' scandaliciousness through the neighborhood. Miss Wren kind of hung her head like she shamed for to tell about her spionce. She say that her old man was monstrous sassy twill she told him that if he want to change his boarding house he was more than welcome. With that, he whirled and asked her, Why, in the name of goodness, don't she sway them for to have a big simile of all the ladybirds at some place or another, where they'll have plenty of room, where they can all march round and let somebody pick out the prettiest in the whole crowd, and then, when that's done, 
all the balance of em must be put under the necessity of agreeing to what the picker picks. If he say the owl is the prettiest, then all the other birds got to say so too. If he say the buzzard is the prettiest, that's the way it got to be. La me, says Miss Robin, did you ever hear the beat? Miss Bluebird, Low, now ain't that just like a man. You may not believe it, but the three took up with the idea, and when they talked it over with our balance of the ladybirds, all of em say it's just fine, and they took up with it quicker than a cat can smell a mackerel layin' on the shelf. The funny thing about the whole business was that they had to have two symbolments. That certainly was funny said the little boy so seriously that Uncle Remus closed his eyes and sighed. He never could reconcile himself to the fact that the little child could be almost as old-fashioned as a grown person. Yeah, sir, the old man continued, they had two semblements. The agreement was that all the ladybirds are all kinds in color, was to be dar, and all was to march by the place where the one they had chosen for to pick out the prettiest was to be settin' at. The one they chosen was old Brer Rabbit, so that the sayin' might come true. When you chosen a creeter, just shun the bird-eater. In dem days the doctor done told Brer Rabbit that the best eatin' for him was honey and clover and sweet barley, and he was stickin' to that kind of doings. When the time come for the first assemblement, Brer Rabbit was right on the spot with a fresh plug of tobacco and a pocket full of honey-bee clover. The birds all come, just like they say they would, and when some of them motioned to Brer Rabbit for to say the word, they gun to march round and round, one by one and two by two. They ain't been marching long, for Brer Rabbit shook his head and sot down again. La, Brer Rabbit, they say, what the matter? We are all here. Why ain't you pick out the prettiest? We ain't gwine to peck your eyes out. I don't know so well about that, says old Brer Rabbit, says he. You say you are all here, but if I got my two eyes, you ain't all here. No, ladies, you had a scoosin' me. And with that, he riz up, he did, and make such a nice bow that old Miss Swamp Owl's mouth gun to water they say lawsy mussy who's missin brer rabbit he low well miss cuckoo bird i put on my specs but i can't see her is she round here any wars they looked all round in the corners and under the bushes where anybody might hide but they ain't find the cuckoo bird and a mighty good reason cause she wouldn't dar let em hunt where they would and search where they might then Brer Rabbit up and low, ladies all, we please to pocastinate this yer assemblement and put it off till you can send word to the cuckoo bird, cause you can't do nothing tall without her. She got to be in, or she won't bide by the choosement. You just please to get her in here if you gwine to stop disputin'. There ain't no two ways about that. Then they all gun to look at one another and giggle and make a great miration about how sharp Burr Rabbit was. Some say that they don't think that the cuckoo bird is worth foolin' with, cause she ain't no great shakes no how. But they please to have her in the crowd when the symbolment symbols, cause there ain't no other way for to stop the jowrin'. All the birds was pleased to be there. 
Well, time went on just like it do now, and if there was any difference, mealtime came a right smart sooner den than it do now. In during the time twixt a semblement what had to be called off and the next one that was to come, the ladybirds had a scrumptious time. They went callin' on their neighbors and them that they ain't find at home they'd hunt up. There was more backbitin' than you could shake a stick at, and the chatter went on so long and so loud that you couldn't hear your own ears. Miss Peafowl called on Bro Rabbit and asked how she was gwine to come out in the parade, and Bro Rabbit say that she'd have a mighty good chance if twasn't for her footses and her scaly legs. He allowed that if she come dar with them, she won't have no show at all, and there they had it, up and down. And twas the same with all of em. They tried for to make old Brer Rabbit, which he was gwine for to be the judge, look at em through their own eyes. While all this was going on, they was hunting up the cuckoo bird, and at a so long a time, they found a right wire they mought a found her at first, staying at home and looking at her the housekeeping. But twas a mighty queer thing about the cuckoo bird. She ain't got a rag of clothes to her back. Where the feathers ought to been, there wasn't nothing but a little bit of downy fuzz. When they find her, they say, Why ain't you come to the assemblement? where they gwine to choose in the prettiest of all the bird tribe. She laugh, La, I got something else to do sides trying to find out who the prettiest. And more than that, how I gwine to come when I ain't got no clothes to wear. No, ma'am, you had excusin' me. Go on and parade your bully forward and I'll parade at home. Then they try to tell her that they please to have her dar, so they'll all be satisfied. But she shook her head and went on cleaning her house. They swayed and they swayed, and by and by she say that if they'll loan her some clothes among em, she'll go. If they don't, well and good, she won't budge a step. And so dar twas. Well, all the other birds kind of colleged together, and they say they better loan her some clothes. They went round and got a feather from every bird, and from some of em, too. Oh, Miss Ostich, no, she ain't stand no chance in the parade, with her bony neck and long legs, and she sought the cuckoo bird a bunch of the prettiest feathers you ever is laid eyes on. When the time come for the assemblement, Miss Cuckoo was dar and dressed up fit to kill. And when they all gun to march, she was at the head of the crowd and stepped along as gaily as you please. Well, there wasn't no two ways about it. Miss Cuckoo was way yonder the prettiest of the whole gang. The way she look, the way she walk, the way she hold herself, the way she bow and salute em all, everything put her in the front place. Brer Rabbit stood up, he did, and waved his hand, and they all stopped still. Then he say that there ain't no doubt and no suspicions but what Miss Cuckoo Bird was the prettiest of all the birds, and they all agree with him. Then they was to have a dance, but for the music struck up, Miss Cuckoo say they must please excusin' her, and with that she slipped into the bushes and was gone, done gone gone for good and they ain't nobody seed her from that day till this lessen maybe old brer rabbit 
and he ain't tellin' nobody about it. The other birds hunted for her, but they can't find her, and they're huntin' plum twill yet, huntin' every wire and callin' as they hunt. They do say that when the big owl hollers, he ain't askin' who cooks for you. He's saying, Coo-coo, coo-coo, where you at? And the turtle dove hollers, Coo-coo, 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 coo-coo. And e'en down to the rooster, callin' out full day and all to the night, please fetch my feather back. And so dar you is. Cuckoo bird done flew away, and all the other birds huntin' for him. And they tells me, remarked Uncle Remus after a pause, that when folks think the birds is pickin' themselves and straightenin' out their feathers, they ain't doin' nothin' in the round world but seein' if they won what they loaned the cuckoo bird has done growed back. The little boy made no comment, but seemed to be waiting for the story to end. The old negro threw back his head, and in a sing-song tone made this announcement. Jigamarig and Jigamarig, that's all the tale that was told to me. End of The Most Beautiful Bird in the World